Hi, my name is Paula Underwater. Hi, I'm Aquascape Adventure Ryan. Welcome to Rumblefish. Your underwater journey. We have Ryan back. Ryan is back from the shadows of <laughs> and adulting like a like a right. king. Like a queen, I was going to say. I'm just so used to saying that. <laughs> you can um, say king or queen. It's all good. It depends on the day. <laughs> and we have another awesome guest today all the way from Canada we're going back over there because we love Canada apparently in this podcast <laughs> what do we have here today Ryan we got Caleb all the way from Canada how you doing today I'm doing pretty good thanks for having me guys excited to be here uh, thanks for spending an hour with us and uh, we've been looking at your fish tanks for a while me and Paula both enjoy all your fees and your beautiful pictures um, I got to say, your account is full of just beautiful colors. Yeah, um, so much color. It's almost Thanks. like Thank you. when I was scrolling through it, you know, kind of getting ready, I kind of always go through and kind of familiar yourself with uh, some of the tanks so I can like stick around with the journey. And it's almost like you do like a Dutch style, but it's like your own style, it seems like. Yeah, so a lot of my tanks don't really follow like the Dutch rules. A lot of them will have hardscape, but I try to use as many... Uh, colorful plants as possible. So I try to keep a lot of color in them. Yeah, it's very beautiful. You so. definitely achieved that, for sure. I I can't. Because I, I'm not into the super high-tech situation, so I'm never on top of fertilizing. I'm never on top of, like, of enough light or or anything, or the, or the right light. So my things are never that colorful. I'm jealous. I'm jealous and I'm, I'm not, because I'm sure busy. it's a lot of work. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm just way too busy now. Um, so I had to stick away from stems. And I mean, we were just talking offline. I had to throw a gallon away of my Hygro uh, pin, pin, I can never say it. Pinifidilla? Pinatifida. Pinatifida. That's a hard one, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I do it probably two to three times a week of how fast it grows. And when I was doing stems, it was the same thing. Only you're doing it every three days to every week. And it's like, I just, I just don't have the time for it. Yeah, so props to you. I, I'm realizing I'm I'm a little bit in over my head. Um, I just set up another tank, and it's all starting to add up. I'm not keeping up with things as well as I was, so I may have to slow down a little bit soon. So what we want to know, and, and what everybody on the other side of the internet waves are wanting to know, it's how did your journey in the in the aquascaping or in the aquarium hobby uh, start? We want to know. So as a kid, I had like a lot of, I guess I'd call little obsessions. So it started out with like dinosaurs and then for a while it was bugs. And then eventually I got into art for a bit. Mm -hmm. And then I got a fish when I was 10. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not really when I consider my journey beginning because I kind of got the fish, was interested in it for about three days and then forgot about it. Oh, well, 10 years uh, old, you know, can, can yeah. you blame yourself for that? And then after that, I was really into leopard geckos for whatever reason. I wanted to breed leopard geckos, but my parents were like, no, we're not letting you breed leopard geckos in our basement at like 13 years old. Um, and then I found fish tanks. So I started when I was about 14, and it's been about seven years now. I don't really remember too, too much along the way, but it started with like betas um, and 
it was a beta care video I came across. I had a beta in a one gallon, and from there, I found a YouTube video watching my leopard gecko videos, and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm doing everything wrong, and then it just kind of snowballed. So what 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 did it snowball into? Where how what did that one gallon transform into? So the one gallon, um, I upgraded into a five gallon, and then I discovered the green machine. I don't know if you guys have ever seen their YouTube videos mm -hmm. before, but uh, they're the ones who really got me started into aquascaping. I was actually watching some of their videos last night to get a little mm -hmm. bit of nostalgia, <laughs> and. Well, before it turned into a five gallon, I wanted to try to make the one gallon a planted tank. And for that, I bought like two bags of pea gravel. The tank was half water, half pea gravel. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then there was a java fern that had all the leaves sticking out of the top. So that, that tank failed. Uh, the plant died. And then I eventually got a five gallon. I think that one was half plastic plants. And then it had like an Amazon sword and another java fern. And that had my beta, who I named McLovin, in it <laughs> from, from Superbad. Um, and I had some neon tetras in there as well. Um, from there, it went to a 10-gallon. And I remember I was, like, really into it at that point. I was, like, watching YouTube videos constantly. And I was, like, looking for all the cool new fish. I was kind of more focused on fish at that point than plants. And I found celestial pearl danios, Ooh. and I was super fascinated by those. And I think at that time I was around 15 years old. Christmas had just passed, and I I went with my Christmas money and bought six of them for like eight dollars each. Oh wow! And yeah, they were they were expensive, and my mom I told my mom the price, and she almost killed me. Mm -hmm. That was uh, not good. My my husband to this day he doesn't know how much fish cost. He, it's he good to keep it that he way. Can't, no. <laughs> I don't. I don't let my mom know what anything costs anymore. That was uh, that taught me a lesson. <laughs> Leave and learn. Don't tell your mom. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and then around the point of that ten gallon, I kind of I, I made a YouTube channel uh, when I was about sixteen, recording on my iPad. And I've kind of recorded my journey every once in a while along the way. I was never consistent with YouTube, but I'm trying to be more consistent now. But I'd be interested in it for like a week, and then I'd, I'd lose motivation to make videos or wouldn't have anything to make videos about. But yeah, that pretty much has most of my, my planted tank journey on it. How how's the YouTube experience? Because I I've never you know I, we have the podcast, but well Ryan had a little short run. Uh, on YouTube, but how, how is it? How, 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 I don't know. What's your experience uh, with that? I, I would, I would consider it like a lot tougher than like Instagram and like TikTok, which I also do. It's like the effort you have to put into a video is a lot. It's like, I'll spend three or four hours editing a video and trying to like figure out how to work things. And then you don't get the same kind of reward you do from something like Instagram. Like maybe only 30 people see your YouTube video. You put all this time and effort into. Well, if I post it on Instagram, it'll get way more growth just organically. So I don't know. I find it tough. Um, but if you can be consistent with it, it's it's good. I got a good reward, I guess. 
And then at the same time, you know, we, we've been through this uh, with the podcast for like over a year now. And, and so many people get started in the hobby because they watch something on YouTube that inspires them to, to get there. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of effort for like little reward. But I guess that maybe those 30 people that that's watch those YouTube videos, if, if one of them gets into it like 100% and gets sure. down yeah. the rabbit hole like we all do, uh, that's totally worth it. I mean, I know it's a lot of effort. It's worth but, it. Yeah. But it has, I think YouTube has it's, the ability of impacting people in a way that other platforms don't. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, uh, I've gotten into this little habit of checking my, it's called my digital well-being on my phone to see what apps I'm using the most. And I'm always spending the most time on YouTube. I guess mm-hmm. that's, and I assume it's similar for most people when it comes to other socials. I don't know. But YouTube is, is definitely the social media platform where people, I think, give the most attention. I do consume a lot of YouTube, but just just as a background noise thing at this point in my life of course, at, at some mm-hmm. point i was really into it but right now it's just like i'm always playing something on youtube on my computer usually not on my phone uh and it's something that's going behind whatever i'm doing uh, if i'm cooking or if i'm like doing water changes or if i am uh i don't know just chilling on my phone playing a, a game or something mm-hmm. there's always some kind of youtube going in the in the back uh but yeah yeah, definitely YouTube. It's a it's a great tool if you can if you can reach the masses, if you can reach the big numbers of people like you know like many do. For uh, sure, that's definitely a very impacting tool for the community. Why did you stop, Ryan? What happened to your YouTube videos? Uh, it's he he said it perfectly. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, it was nice during COVID um, when I had nothing else really going on and I had time to concentrate. But still with three kids and putting them through school during COVID. And then once work started again, I mean, I barely have time now for water changes in life. So um, I give props to anyone that's able to keep up any type of hobby or anything that's even a step above the hobby where you're putting even more effort into it. Mm -hmm. Because it's a big commitment. And I've never done video as as part of my hobby as part of the hobby but I used to work on TV so I editing video used to be part of my job big part of my job and like spending four hours into editing something that's 30 minutes long that's normal that's that's how much video editing takes that's a lot I don't know why but it's a lot it's a lot of work somehow uh so here from here just a big thank you and a big uh, heart for heart felt applause to to those big youtubers in the community we don't even need to mention names mm-hmm. we all know them because uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot of work it's a lot of effort and we th- we thank them for that yeah i'm definitely the instagram uh the guy now because it's so easy you kind of you can take so many different photos during the day like once a week take some videos that you'll turn into reels and it's 30 seconds and you're done and you can post yeah. something and mm-hmm. you're happy with it and you know even when you're at work and you're like looking at your pictures, like you're kind of like just being able to sit and watch your fish tank while you're at work. It's it's nice. And and here's a way that people can you know people people that have never edited a video for for a video platform they can they can tell how much it takes when you post a reel or a story that's actually a video it's not a picture. How much longer does does that take than just posting a picture? 
Yeah. That's the, a long that's time, it. yeah. That's it. Especially when you're trying to like link it to a vi- like a music and you're trying to like get the sound just right. And then you have to deal with the with the ineptitude oh, the of, of Instagram that you touch something that you want in the front and it sends it to the back. And then you have to rearrange everything. Oh. How in the world has Instagram not figured that out yet? It's Got so no frustrating. So that was bugging me a couple of days ago. I was trying mm-hmm. to do a story and like even if it's just like mentioning someone whose tank mm-hmm. I shared. It's like I move it slightly and then yep, all of a sudden gone. it's behind and I have to switch everything up again. I mean, I'm sure Mr. Instagram is not listening. And I guess Mr. Instagram <laughs> is Mark Zuckerberg at this point. At this point. Is that right? Doesn't Facebook so. own Instagram now? Mark, think... if you're listening, put your people to work. That <laughs> needs, to be, needs to be fixed. Please. Thank you. All right. So let's continue after this uh, calling to Mr. Zuckerberg. Uh What's next? What what comes after after that five gallon tank? After the five gallon, so it was the ten gallon with the the celestial pearl daños, and I don't think they lasted very long, if I remember correctly, which was even worse. After that, I think I got into breeding guppies. Hmm. Uh, it was just regular fancy guppies from the big owls near me, which big owls is like. A slightly better or, or quite a bit better version of PetSmart. Usually their employees know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but that 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 was what, what was next for me. And I remember the guppies were, were tough. Um, they gave birth and I rushed, I rushed to the fish store to grab one of those breeding cages mm-hmm. that you put all the babies in. And um, I was catching the babies and I had the net up against the glass. I went to get one, and it darted down, and it <laughs> hit the net and flopped. And I remember that that scarred me. I almost wanted to quit <laughs> fish keeping. I'm like, I just, I just killed a, a freshly born baby guppy. Um, and then I stopped. I stopped moving them into the cage. I said, uh, Yeah, I let, let them, them all to free. Fan on their own. Yeah, and I remember selling a bit of the guppies. And that's kind of when I got into like, oh, I can make, you know, money through fish. And I'm like, oh, I can find a way to, to pay for this hobby. After that, cherry shrimp as well. I was trying to breed everything. Mm-hmm. I was watching a lot of aquarium co-ops fish for profit series because I wanted to kind of catch up to um, uh, the green machine. I wanted to, to try to fund it and get, get tanks like those, you know, pay for the lights, that kind of thing. But yeah, I got fancier guppies after that. They were like the yellow jacket tiger endlers. And I bred like a huge colony of those in a 10-gallon. After that, I think I had a second 10-gallon at one point. And then after I got my 40 breeder, which I still have up today. And that tank has gone through so many different rescapes. And that was my first ever high-tech tank Mm -hmm. uh, that I got CO2 on and in the expensive lights. Well, not... Super, I think I was using Fluval 2.0s to start, but I only had like a 24-inch one. It barely lit the tank. Well, it did a decent job, but the corners, I couldn't grow anything. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the start of it. And I honestly forget a lot of the steps from where I am now to uh, from there. But those are like the big, the big milestones. Have you ever done that, Ryan? Have you ever brought um, soul fish? I don't know. And I know you recently either gave away some baby angels or you sold the baby angels. How, how did that go? 
I just kept them all. I ended up just keeping them all. Oh, she grew attached right. to them, and they're all on the 125 now. So it's slowly turning into one giant angel colony. What There's... about in the past, though? Nope, never sold it. You never no. monetized your your the hobby? I never did. Not even oh, with dear. plants. Um, <laughs> I would always trade plants or just give them away to friends or even people that I've met online to like East Coast. I would just ship them and be like, I didn't even care about the shipping cost because I knew it would come back. Because once you make, start making friends, you know, plants kind of would always be in the mail going one way or the other. And that's yeah. kind of where, you know, I've gotten a lot of my plants and just from friends saying, hey, I've got a bunch. Here you go. There's some in the mail. And, you know, it's kind of gone that way. And I've always treated it the same way. Like from the very beginning, it was always somebody sending me something. And I've just kind of carried that on. If I have trimmings, I would say, hey, I've got this. And somebody would say I would want it. And. It'd be in the mail. How how's the community over there though? If you if you were successful at uh, trading and selling uh, fish, how how's the communities around you? Um, so I have a little local fish club mm -hmm. called the Ottawa Valley Aquarium Society, and before COVID, they'd always do like a big auction in April, mm -hmm. and everyone would bring their fish and then their extra trimmings, and yeah, that's uh, that's the main place where I would sell my fish. Apart from that. I, I'm lucky I'm in one of the bigger cities in Canada. Um, so it's it's a pretty pretty close to where the states are in terms of the fish hobby. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the things we don't have access to yet. For example, I don't think a lot of the, the rare, like, fancy betas, that kind of... Not the fancy betas, the wild-type betas mm -hmm. and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find any of those here, uh, that kind of thing. They're the niche, niche fish and mm -hmm. plants. I feel it's the same here. I mean, I, I don't know about fancy betas or, or wild type, but every time I want something that's a little out of the norm, I always have the hardest time finding stuff. And I always have to resource to buying online from somewhere cross country and having the fish shipped, oh, wow. which is not ideal, but you know, that's what I have to do. That's what I have to do. For sure. For the, for the love of fish. Exactly. Order of it. So when does aquascaping enter the the picture, for you? I think it was it was it was probably always in the picture, but when I started getting good at it, I guess, and like not not really good at it, but like getting an idea on like what I wanted to do, um, I think one of the biggest influences for me was Dennis Wong. I don't know if you guys have seen his tanks, but they're like mm -hmm. pinks and purples. Um, but yeah, he was a huge influence for me. Um, and then I'm trying to kind of catch up to him. <laughs> but uh, still have a lot to learn. Um, but I don't know. I think aquascaping was always there. It just took me a long time to get going. So I didn't necessarily have the budget. I didn't get my first job till I was 19. So all the, the money I got for this hobby would either come from like birthdays, Christmases, or whatever fish I could sell on the occasion. Mm -hmm. So your, your first fully aquascape My first tank. fully aquascape tank. Um, that was the 10-gallon with the Celestial Peraldenos. For that one, I found a huge piece of Mopani driftwood mm -hmm. that took up like the whole bottom of the tank. I used fluorite gravel. Um, and that made a complete mess when I added that to the tank. 
and I capped that later on with like two inches of sand. From there, I covered the whole piece of driftwood with uh, Trident Java Fern, mm -hmm. and this was uh, this was back in 2016, and I still have that that Trident Java Fern until today. I've been trimming it, and I've never bought new stuff. It's still from the same from the same species, and uh, it, it had like a big Amazon sword in one corner, a bunch of crypts, and some jungle val. I tried to get a carpet going, but I never could. Um, so I gave up on a carpet and I went and bought a bunch of coolie loaches for it. And they, they had the sand to dig in. Unfortunately, I didn't keep those for long, but they've always been a fish I've wanted to keep again, but I haven't because all of my tanks have been more heavily planted now. And I'm doing things like, uh, carpeting plants that they would, I think tear up. I'm not too sure, but they've always been one of my favorite fish. I've never kept them. I'm like not into... That kind of fish. <laughs> no, this is the worm-looking ones. The squiggly-looking fish. That, what about you, that's Ryan? Fair. Me, I love them. You do? Yeah. I don't know. I love loaches and quarries and all those bottom kind of fish. Yeah, they're they're interesting. Quarries, yes, but... they're my they're my favorites. I think loaches are, are probably the coolest fish in the hobby to me. <laughs> so yeah, I mean. If I if if I had a bigger tank, I would love to have a whole bunch of quarries in it. Like my 125, I have the pygmy quarries, and then I have the they're like a panda quarry, but they're more of like the red and pinkish Ooh. with like dots on them, and they've probably gotten up to about three and a half four inches long, and they've just made a huge colony too. I mean, there's probably about 45 in there now, oh, wow. and it's really cool because now like the second and third generation they've made like this giant school so they'll come up to the front and they'll swim around and then they'll go back and hide and you won't see them for a day and then they'll come out again and they all just swim together like a bunch of cats it's really cool <laughs> that tank must be fun to watch feed for sure oh it's it's amazing because i've got like giant angels in there and then i've got barbs and tetras and then i've got all the bottom you know uh but I got Siamese algaes in there. I've got the yellow algaes. I've got all the quarries. I don't think I've got loaches in there anymore. But yeah, from like top to bottom, it's just, it's very active. Why don't you make a little video, Ryan, of that? And we can upload it to the to the Rumblefish, uh, to the reels over there. We'll do. We should do that. I want to see that tank. Because yeah. we talk about your tanks and my tanks all the time and... and no, a lot of people that listen to the podcast they don't necessarily follow us personally. Right. So we should put that out to, out there to, for people to see uh, for reference while they're listening. Maybe they could go in there and just take a look at that video. It won't be there yet. Don't don't go looking for it. Right now. <laughs> give me give me give me some time. I think that tank was like one of my. It was escape that went well relatively easily. The next ones after that, I remember being quite a mess. I learned about uh, Osmocote as like a base layer fertilizer. Mm -hmm. So I set up a, a new tank with aqua soil for the first time. And then I put Osmocote on top of it. And then I put another layer on, on top of that of aqua soil. And then I planted my plants. And then within two weeks, I had about three inches of just pure brown hair algae Ooh. up to the top, almost to the top of the water in some areas. And, uh, yeah, that tank didn't last long. 
my beta, I had a beta fish in there too, and he wasn't doing well. He was getting stuck in it. Do you think it was just too much nutrients in there, maybe, because of the oh, osmocote? Yeah. For sure, yeah. It was a ton of nutrients, and then I'm like, oh, it's probably going to be cycled. I, I added um, filter media from my other tanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I added a seeded filter media from another tank, but that wasn't uh, that wasn't enough to help with the cycle to prevent brown algae. Um, so that tank got quickly torn down, and I think I redid it, and it, it worked better for whatever reason. It's funny how often that happens. Like you'll have a tank that just for whatever reason just green algae, brown algae, diatoms that you can't get rid of, and it's like you know what? I give up. New tank here yeah. it comes. Or sometimes you'll just power through it and it's just like, now I'm never breaking this tank down. <laughs> yeah. Blood, sweat, and tears went to this tank and I don't ever want to tear it down. It was a, a war with the algae. And then, yeah, you want to keep it forever. It's kind of like tanks that we talk about with plants. Like some plants grow in certain tanks and you're doing the same exact thing. And then you can't grow it in the tank right like three inches to the left. That's a mystery. And then you set up two tanks at the same time and one's getting algae and one's not. It's like, I'm not doing anything different. Like, why is this? What's going on? For, for me, it's uh, Stargine repens. For whatever reason, huh. some tanks that plant works. Other tanks, I can't get it to grow. And apparently a lot of a lot of people have had that happen with that one specific plant. It's a weird one. It's a real slow grower uh, for me. I had a bunch of it on the, on the um, Gorami tank that now Ryan has. Is, is it still there? No. So I can't, I can't keep it to save my life. I've got it oh. in one, I got it in one tank and there's no water in it. <laughs> I've turned it into like a, almost like a, one of your, um, shishutsus. Like it's a little cube and it's turned, it went from dry start and I've liked it so much that I've never filled it with water and mm-hmm. I've just let it grow. It's like a little mountain side that I've just kept without water. Because now that you're saying that, it's interesting. Because when he was in my house, it was growing great, and then you took the tank and he died on you. Yeah, there's just certain plants I kill. We're we're starting to talk about some metaphysical stuff here. (laughs) Maybe it's a karma thing. Maybe you can keep it as reference because you did something wrong. I'm pretty sure you've taken some crypts off me that were beautiful and they died within a day. So if we really want to go there. Burn. Uh, yeah, no, no, I'm saying it's just it's, sometimes you just gotta. Sometimes it just is what it is, you know. Some some plants just want to die on you because because. Yeah. Not much. Like pink, fl- like pink flamingos. I put it in a tank and I spent hundreds of dollars on them trying to get them to grow. I can't get them to grow. Sometimes you just have really good luck, and then me, I'm the person that can keep. I can grow Val, jungle Val. I can't. It dies every single time. I've tried so many times. Do you have soft water? No. I mean, I yeah, do now. Yeah, you're but using I, RO, I, yeah. I, I do now, but I I haven't even tried to keep any now now that I... Because I I, all my tanks are shallow, and the only one that's not shallow, it's a Borneo biotope, and there's no there's no jungle Val in yeah, Borneo, yeah. so can can go there. <laughs> I've got some of the, the tiger Val. Yeah, the one I killed some before. Of, oh, okay. Some of it is like literally three and a half feet long in the 125. Jesus. It's crazy. Like I was looking at it today, like it starts in the left corner and it goes all the way up and then it's like on the top surface halfway over the tank. Like it's so cool to watch. Do you think that would grow? Not that I'm asking for any because I wouldn't 
because I, you know, the chances are that I'm killing it. But I want to escape the pond outside. I want to plant it like it's a tank. Like you can see it mm -hmm. from the front, but we will only be able to see it from the top because it's it's on the ground. Uh, but I want to escape it really nice with like tons of because uh, I'm missing the stem plant so much now that I don't have any that I kind of want to have a little farm out there in the with the sunlight and just let it do its I, thing. Outside. I don't see why you couldn't. I mean, I've grown a bunch of sag out there, so I don't see why you wouldn't be able to. I bet it would look really cool, too, seeing it from the top. The, the, the reddish stones and stuff? Yeah. Hmm. You should take some. It grows really quick. I know Val makes a good pond plant, for sure. Yeah, so I'm going to have to try that. I'm going to have to, like, the... Oh, I have a frog. Have I told that this already on the podcast? I have a frog that decided that wanted wants to live in my pond. <laughs> it's about time. She just showed up a few days ago, so yeah, I probably haven't talked about it on the podcast yet. Uh, and it's just the best thing in the world because we we hear her or him. Uh, I decided it's a girl. Uh, we hear her uh, croaking. Is that is that what uh, mm -hmm. croaking? Yeah. yeah. He she croaks it all the time, and then I'm here in the in the living room or whatever, and I'm like rip it, rip it myself. I'm like <laughs> talking to the frog all day long. <laughs> oh, and you want to know something fun? The first time I or one of the first times I heard her, I was able to record it with my phone. And now if I go out and I play the sound, she will answer. <laughs> she answers to herself Whoa. croaking. Fascinating. The wild. Sign me in. It's so cool. Whenever it rains here and like our backyard will just flood because of where we're at, we have hundreds of little tree frogs and it's like a rainforest. It's ridiculous. So cool. Maybe I have you catch one of those and bring it here. <laughs> my kids will catch them. They catch oh, them all day long. It's great. ridiculous. You should put some in your paludarium. See what happened. Um, I could, other than they're just going to jump out everywhere and then probably end up with Spike, and Spike might just end up eating it. Well, hey, win-win. <laughs> Everybody happy. You think Spike, Spike is your... Is it, what kind Spike. of animal is that? The Spike is my uh, bearded dragon. Bird dragon. And anything that moves in that tank, he'll eat. <laughs> you think he'll eat a frog? Um, I could see him doing it. So when did you start getting into, though, the very colorful tanks? Like, what made you want to take that step? Dennis? I, th I think that was, yeah, Dennis Wong. And then I got my first Chihiro Slight. Oh, okay. And I, I, I bought that online because I, I didn't know about any companies selling them in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, so I shipped that in from Hong Kong. Um with like Christmas money. That was my Christmas gift for myself. Um, and that, that's what really made the difference. I just found like just having that light, getting red colors so much easier, like compared to, for example, like the Fluvals, they're, they're amazing lights, but I find they don't make the reds pop as much. And I done, I done a bunch of in, uh, like research into figuring out how I can like get that red color but I found like the biggest thing, like even if I was limiting nitrates, all that stuff, the biggest the biggest thing was was the light you were using at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of how I got into it, and I just I wanted the the coolest plants. I'm, I'm I'm a big plant guy, and the coolest plants are like the super colorful ones, I guess. How much of it is actually an optical illusion, though? 
because I used to have a Chihiros on my shallow with the with the Ruby Tetras, and they were so 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 red, like the, mm-hmm. like almost neon red. And then I replaced that light with the Aqua Illumination Prime H sixteen Prime whatever, uh, and they're still very colorful, but they're not popping like that anymore. <laughs> no, for sure, it, it's definitely like an optical illusion because your fish and and your plants will uh will reflect the light that's shown on them. Um so like I did some like experiments where I'd like change my light more purpley color and I found that the colors changed a lot when I went back to like my normal settings and the tank looked like all the plants were like a different color. So they kind of I guess adapt to the color of light you're getting mm-hmm. and it's kind of like I guess you could think of it as kind of like a tan. They yeah. they're like changing the the like the darkness of their their skin. It's a spectrum. Like I was just thinking of a really cool test. Like you got Medeca's inside, right, Paula? Mm-hmm. Like what you should do once, like after the summer, is take like one of your Medeca's from your pond and put it in one of those. And I bet those colors are completely different from like the natural sunlight that those Medeca's are taking in. I will have to bring some in to start with them. And like I have inside, they're a different strain than the ones that I have outside. The ones inside, there's some fancy uh, Yosakura, Lamy, yeah. something, something. So I would have to bring some in and then do that. But yeah, it would be a fun experiment. I could I could bring a couple of the just platinum, uh, the regular platinums. Yeah, because those are gorgeous in themselves. So I bet those sparkles will... Like, I've noticed mine, like, when the sun is hitting them, like, just the sparkles, it's like diamonds underwater. Like, it's so cool to watch oh, them. Oh, mine. Like, the ones that I have inside, uh, the ones outside, they're really small. Uh, and they're just, right now, getting out of hibernation or whatever you call it, what fish do in the winter outside. Uh, and they're very colorful, but they're very small. I don't know if they shrunk from not eating all through all the winter. They probably did. Um, but, I don't know, I really, really like... Uh, rice fish can you guys get rice fish up there in canada because i know certain countries it's kind of difficult to get them uh yeah i noticed some at my local fish store like i i see them every once in a while usually around summer people bring them in mm-hmm. um, yeah but uh i really want to get rice fish but i don't have any room unfortunately mm. and then a pond is kind of tough because it gets so cold here in the winter mm. but i recommend that I recommend that anyone wants to get them to definitely do a shallow tank to where you can look down on them. Yeah. Because that's, that's where you really get to see the Medecas and, like, their colors. Because, like, all their colors are, like, on their top of their back. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you're looking down on them is when you really get to appreciate their true beauty. Mm. Yeah, and they're such, such surface swimmers. Like, I don't know I don't know about your Medecas, but mine are, like, always, like, yeah. almost, like, outside of the water. It's so funny how they just... If they were, if they had like little shark fins, they would definitely be out of the water. They're really cute fish. Yeah, I've got my platinums right behind me, and they're always just at the surface. Always, yeah. yeah. It's it's so cool, and they they don't jump because people ask me all the time, it's like, oh, do yours jump? Mine don't at all. No, I, I've never picked one from the floor. Yeah. No, they're definitely fish. not a jumper. No, they're not a very um, fast swimmer at by any means necessary either. They're kind of just like, they, they kind of remind me of like that clumsy little kid in class, like just like going through, going through life, just do to do. I'm thinking of making one of those little shallow bowls for outside, one of those uh, 
rice fish. You know those Japanese. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know how you call them. I'm sure they have a name. But like one of those like wooden bucket kind of ones or like? No, it's like this. It almost looks like a salad, like a shallow salad bowl. Like, okay, okay. Right, the scape guy has. You probably. I know what you're his. talking about, yeah. Uh, and I want to have one of those outside just for fun. Um, but they, they're very small. They're very shallow. So I'm, I'm afraid that when it gets to be 115 outside, whatever water is in there, it's going to actually cook the fish. Uh, you could just have water moving in it. If you had some, even a little bit of water movement will help. Yeah, but I kind of don't want to do that. I don't know. I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to figure out a way. But, yeah. Well, it's always something, huh? What's what's in your what's kind of tickling you now? What what do you have coming next, Caleb? Ooh, it's been it's been tickling for a while. It's I, I want to get into uh, like the terrariums. Oh. I, I started trying to mess around a little bit with some immersed plants in the UNS five S. So it's like a super small shallow. Um, but I want to do like a, a bioactive dart frog vivarium eventually. I don't know when that'll be. Um, it's probably going to be a long time out. I'll probably need to move out for that. Um, so I'm trying not to get into it too much to, you know, get my hopes up before it's even time to even consider that, I guess. I just put one together yesterday, just yesterday. Oh, really? Uh, if you looked at my feed, I, I post, I posted a little sneak peek of it, uh, cause I'm waiting for more plants, but I, I had a 16, a UNS 16 T, which is fairly small but you know it was too small for fish and I I have been having it around for like over a year now and I finally did it and I put together a little a little vivarium in there just for plants I, I don't intend to have any animals in there maybe some yeah I'm checking it out right now but I am so happy with it I found a bunch of uh, cedar bark around here because I, where I live there's a lot of cedars and it had all this moss attached to it already. So when I pulled the bark, the dead bark, it came out with all the moss, with all the moss already in it, like naturally placed. <laughs> and uh, I bought that this thing. It's called tree fern, and it's a reptile thing. They use it for, they use it to yeah. make um, the back of terrarium, so yeah. little reptiles or whatever can trim. And it's actually made out of real. Like organic material so it has it comes with spores of ferns and mushrooms and like little things so once you get it wet it activates and it it grows on its own oh wow so i'm getting a bunch of jungle plants that i'm gonna be attaching to the wall but then i'm expecting whatever i don't fill up to fill on its own from whatever it's whatever came for free with um with um with that so yeah i'm really excited yeah you're Uh, definitely gonna have to throw a frog in there that's too small for frogs. Plus, you know, see no, the just op- one, just one. See the opening on top. So if I had a frog in there, it could potentially uh, escape. Wow, uh, we can fix that. I don't know. I'm really excited to get the plants and the mosses and just get it all covered with. Uh, so yeah, I finally did that yesterday, and I'm very excited. Anyways, terrarium. Yes, go for it. <laughs> and maybe it's because I come from plants. I don't come from tanks. I'm a plant person turned into a tank person turned like going back to the plants. Going backwards, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's I'm just really happy with it, so I encourage you to go for it and and do one. You could start with a little Shizuku. That's what I did. 
little do uh, duo Shizuku. Oh, I, I kind of have one like that. Yeah, the Shizuku is similar to that. It's just bigger, and it has this tear shape. Um, and they're really cool for like just getting a terrarium got- fix. Yeah, like that. You have one. Roger gave it to me okay. for Christmas, and I still have not put it together. Yeah. I've seen so many of those on, on like TikTok and Instagram recently. They're super it, I cool. I have two of them and I love them so, so much. Because you do anything you do, anything you put in there. Like my sister, uh, she texted me a couple of weeks ago and she's like, oh, that's really cool. Like now I've been doing that for like a year. And she's like, oh, that's so cool. I want to make one. Why don't you help me? And my mm-hmm. sister's in Spain. My oh. sister's in Barcelona with all my family. I'm here by myself. So she's like, can you just help me to buy everything I need? And, you know, and just and I want to make one. And I'm like, oh, don't you worry. I'll like, you know, I went in there and I bought everything she needed. And I sent it to her house. And then I made a, I made a plant order from a place over there. And she put it together. She knows nothing. <laughs> she doesn't know anything. <laughs> I was kind of expecting that she would let me guide her. Uh, on what to do and you know but she put it together all by herself and when she showed me the picture I'm like that looks great (laughs) there's something magical about those shizukus like anything you do in it once you let it grow for a little bit and it kind of takes its own shape it's really cool I don't know I'm all excited about everything you merch these days so (laughs) whatever yeah I definitely need to get mine together I'm I'm contemplating right now. I want to break down two tanks though and redo them. Which so, ones? I want to do the redo the shallow, and I want to redo the the tank that you gave me, the 45P. Yeah. So I want to redo those ones. Time for the um, Iwagumi to go. Yeah, I'm gonna redo it into. Uh, I don't. I think I want to do like a hybrid Iwagumi. <laughs> So, I don't know. I've kind of been thinking about it, like what I want to do with it. So, I want to kind of play with the hardscape. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I might want to do like a whole Boost and Anubius little farm in it, too. Nice. Those so are you, always fun. Yeah. Caleb, your favorite kind of tank, I'm guessing it's going to be Dutch Dutchscape? Pro- probably no? Dutchscapes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And why? Why is that? Why? I don't know. There's just so much going on, and I think the reason I like Dutch the most is because I can learn the most. Mm-hmm. Like, I can experiment with all these different plants at the same time, figure out which plants work together. Um, the Dutchscape was initially something I did because I wanted to learn about as many plants as possible for future mm-hmm. scapes. But I kind of got, like, addicted to the Dutch style. And now I'm making, like, all my tanks basically, like, learning experiments where I just try a bunch of different stem plants and see what I can get to work together. But, uh, yeah. What's your favorite plant? I think it's it's probably Bucephalandra. Okay. It's, it's not a stem plant, but, yeah, I always love <laughs> Bucephalandra. Well, they have that magical sparkle to them that's kind of hard to resist. Yeah. What about you guys? What are your Ryan. favorite plants? Um, I really love a really good fern or mm-hmm. any Anubius or Boos. Um, it's just so rewarding because they're a slower grower, but when they start to come in and then they flower and then a, you know, a fern will kind of take off and like do its own little thing, like it really can make a tank beautiful. And then like I've got a couple sure, in yeah. this tank right next to me and like it's kind of next to the flow. 
so it's kind of like grown a little towards the glass but it's it's fingers everywhere so it's kind of like taken on its own little shape and it's kind of evolved the tank into like this little shadow spot and it's sticking out underneath some moss so i just like those plants that will slow grow and they kind of just make the tank evolve over time to me it's probably mosses right now the 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 kind the weeping kind of moss the the moss that will like fall over and like spill over the branch that you originally put them on uh i think there's just so much texture and so much movement like very subtle i don't know i'm I'm really into into the textures of mosses lately and and maybe because that also kind of breaches towards the emerge uh kind of growth you know that those mosses that you can grow under the water and you can make them grow outside of the water over a branch or over a rock yeah see look at that see, just... like i've got to ask you like i don't know where that moss came from hmm. but I, I it's, it's one a... of my favorite i don't know what it is uh oh, it i think away. it's rickia rickia but yeah like it's grown so fast like i was able to put it in this tank as well and like make a whole it grows so fast and it kind of does what you're talking about where it kind of weeps and everything. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, I'm really happy with the, I have this fancy ADA moss that has a funky name, Calicostella Prabactiana. And not, not a lot of people know about that moss. I've and never I, heard of that one before. I just bought it once because I just saw it. I think we were making a, a joined, a joined, Oh, um, I think I remember when you ordered that. Yeah, a joint order. Uh, Bri- uh, Brian. Ryan and I do that. So we used to do that when we used to get together. Uh, we would do... Yeah. Whenever he would order something, he's like, Hey, I'm ordering from these. You want something? And then the other way around. So I think I got it from you from Aquaforest Aquarium or something like that. Well. Just because it looked pretty. I knew nothing about it. And I'm like, sure, just let's, let's give this a try. And I absolutely love it. I have it in all my tanks. And now I'm going to try and grow it in the terrarium and see what happens. That could be cool. That could be sure. cool. I think actually I, I even bring brought, I brought some to Stelios over, over in Greece. And he's using it to cover one of the walls. One of the, uh, his... Me, how's the name of that? Mizukusa? I don't know. Those walls, <laughs> those ADA walls that you can attach yeah. to the shallow tanks. Mizukusa, I think it is. Uh, they're like wabi balls. I mean, wabi, yeah, wabi walls. Uh, and I think he's using it for that, but I don't know how is it going. I haven't asked. That's really cool. But that's so fun. Like, how you buy a little plant, like a little in vitro little plant, and then this that plant's growing over in Greece. That same moss. <laughs> And it's in all my tanks, and now, I don't know, I think it's really cool. That's, there's, there's something special about that, for sure. I, there's something special, and it's kind of, like, why I like, like, the boosts and everything, because, like, it's such a slow grower, and, like, watching it mature and all that. Like, that high grow that the UK pin that I was talking about, that's that was one little cup. Hmm. And now I have an obscene amount of it to where I'm just throwing it away, and it seems like a sin, but it's, like... I don't have the time to sell it, and I give it it away to people, but, yeah. But just throw it in the fridge. Whenever you have one of those one-gallon Ziploc bags full of something, (laughs) that's what I do. I just put them in the fridge, and they'll stay. They'll be okay in there for a while. Just label it Paula. Yeah. Paula, I've got a fridge full for you again. Please do. (laughs) I did that. What was that? My last bag of trimmings, I gave it to somebody, or I sent it to somebody. I can't remember. 
Well, maybe I gave it to SoCal Aquarium. SoCal, okay. SoCal Aqu- so Christian. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I always do that. I just put my trimmings in the fridge. And if they're still good, I might give them to somebody. If they die, then I'll just throw them away. Or you set up a little plastic container because you got some fish that you need somewhere to put. (laughs) (laughs) They're still in the Tupperware. This morning there was one dead. I found Uh, a a gold one dead, but everybody else is doing fine. So I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty close to bring them putting them out in the pond. Like the temperature is like 45 at night. Uh, So I think I'm gonna wait till it gets to 50, and then I'll just I'll just drop them outside and see what happens. I'm excited. I'm excited because pond season is around the corner. Yeah, my pond is starting to take off again. Do you do anything outdoors, Caleb? Um, not usually. It's like, it, it doesn't warm up till like June enough to put stuff in the ponds. And then by September, I'd need to bring everything back in. I used to do stuff out, out in my ponds. I had a pond in my backyard. It wasn't like a pond. It was like a big Tupperware container. I dug into the ground. Um, I used to grow like jungle val out there, and then I bought uh, like a little lily from from the home hardware store, mm-hmm. and I'd breed guppies. Um, and I tried I bred dwarf neon rainbows for a while, but I was too slow to get them back inside. We had a mm. cold night in early September, and it uh, it took all the babies, Aww. unfortunately. Yeah, that's. I think it's. I, there's something really special about growing stuff outside, be plants or be fish. Just that that natural cycle, natural night and day cycle that we try to imitate inside, but can be the real thing. For sure, yeah. The fish always look their best outside. That's one thing I like about the pond because we did have some freezing temperatures here. Nothing like Paula gets, but we had a couple nights where it was. There was some frost everywhere and the plants were frosted and I literally just cut everything back and now everything is just thriving again and coming back to life and it's like nothing ever happened to it. Well, Caleb, it was a pleasure. Did we, did we, do we need to talk about something else? Did we keep something important? I think I've I've pretty much covered all the bases. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing that I can really think of off my head right now. Well, thanks again, uh, Caleb, for spending some time with us today. It was a pleasure chatting. If everybody... if if somebody doesn't follow you yet, at Kalem Fish Tanks on Instagram, they can go and check you out and give you a follow if they think you deserve it. You deserve it, which you absolutely do. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much. And yeah, thank, good thank luck you guys with, for having me. Good luck with all your future endeavors. Thank you very much. I enjoyed being here and thank you for the time. Uh, yeah. Just be ready. You're going to get a call when you set up that terrarium because we're going to want to chat about it. Yes. <laughs> okay, for do sure. We, do we need a different be... podcast for that or can we just like turn this into a, oh, something no. different? We cannot be calling no. it Rumblefish and be talking about... Oh, yes, we can. About frogs. Oh, yes, we can and we're yeah, going to. We can just start trying to convert all the fish people. Yeah. <laughs> because I have my alter ego. Just like the houseplants. That Ethan... Uh, Louisville aquascaping is he he calls me Paula over water above water above water, <laughs> above water he, he calls me Paula above water uh, whenever I do something that's not fish related which it's more often than not these days anyways thanks again Caleb you have a good night to everybody listening <laughs> on the other side too. of these microphones 
thank you so much for tuning in and it's been a pleasure we really appreciate you clicking in once a week to hear you know all these amazing um artists that we get to talk to once a week and kind of you know they're the story behind the ig and it's always so much fun for us and i i know you guys are enjoying it too so thanks for sticking around yeah, we've been getting a lot, and really quick, and we let you guys go. We've been getting a lot of uh, very supportive and lovely messages from you people listening on the other side. So thank you very much for all the love. It means a lot. We complain about how much work this is, but we're happy to do it, and we're happy that you like it. Thank you very much.